Welcome to the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, where we cut through the confusion and get down to the truth about what really works for real people when it comes to losing weight, having incredible health, and a body that you love. We believe that losing weight is really about gaining life, doing things you never thought you could, having renewed confidence, and enjoying your body more than ever. I'm your host, Corey Little. Now let's get to it. Hello to all of you incredible people who are smart enough to not do some stupid restrictive diet or some 21-day weight loss challenge, and you're also smart enough to listen to this podcast (laughs) and to get the truth about what it really takes to lose weight and keep it off in real life, because that's what we're living is real life, and that couldn't really be, there couldn't really be any more appropriate of an intro to this episode, because what I'm going to share with you today is real. It's real life, it's raw, and it's honest. There are absolutely amazing things that happen inside my Inner Circle Coaching Group on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. I, of course, coach the group. There are two other kind of assistant coaches, and um, every week we're exchanging stories about, oh my gosh, did you see this person had a breakthrough here? Oh my gosh, did you see... This person for the first time in however long they actually wore shorts and they've never, you know, they were embarrassed by their legs. And this other person, you know, broke through and reached their weight loss goal. And this person did this and this person did that. It's just amazing the not only the physical breakthroughs that people have, but the mental and emotional breakthroughs that people have and just in achieving life gained, as you hear me talk about. We don't just lose weight, we gain life and live a better and happier and more joyful life. And the breakthroughs are left and right and left and right. But here's the thing, guys. Don't ever forget. Don't don't ever forget this. The breakthrough that you want typically will come right after the breakdown. Breakthroughs come after breakdowns. This means we have to have some sort of a breakdown first before we can have that light bulb, aha, glorious mountaintop breakthrough moment. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. There's a lady inside my inner circle coaching group, and she has been so incredibly courageous and brave and authentic and vulnerable. And she shared a lot of her story. She's been inside the group for quite a few weeks, quite maybe a few months. And she's been making progress and she's, she's achieved incredible strides with her Uh, her relationship with food and around like that, you know, diet mentality and all those sorts of things. But it just goes to show like there's oftentimes things riding below the surface. And so what you're going to get today, she agreed that I could share this. I'm changing her name to Betty. So this is Betty's story of God, just real life. I'm Betty's story of food shame and, but just of, you know, stuff that's riding below the surface for so many of us that not only can hold us back from losing weight, but that can just make our life miserable in some ways. So what you're going to get today is her her exact words from the coaching group, her story, her exact words, and then I'm going to tell you my exact words back to her. And so you're going to get a peek at exactly what it, what this interaction was like, and I can almost guarantee that you will see yourself in part of her story, maybe in a lot of her story. For some of you, this you might want to grab a Kleenex. This might cause some tears. Um, For others of you, this may just be really encouraging and really inspiring. And then we're going to wrap it up with a few little special words that I have to 
hopefully send you off in a positive direction. So without further ado, here we go. This is Betty's story. This was her post, uh, her weekly check-in post, as we like to do inside the group. She said, man, last week, my life was crazy. Stress levels were high. I had a lot of deadlines that I barely met, and a lot of it was out of my control. Man, that's enough to make me stress just reading that. She says, because of all that, my food didn't go as planned, but I tried to balance that out. I also couldn't get all of my exercise in to meet that goal. Today, I ate really well, though. And then after dinner, I totally just like subconsciously started eating pie like an hour ago. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I just wasn't thinking and I generally don't have things like that in my house. But I'm telling myself that this doesn't negate all the other good that I did today. Good for you. Good for you, Betty. She goes on. Even then, a healthy meal with pie is better than a Big Mac fries and pie, right? (laughs) I like her perspective. She continues. Now I'm going to whine and rant a little bit because just having this conversation with a bully over and over isn't helping me. I have not lost weight. I've been in this group for a while and my clothes fit the same. There is a lot more I can do with my diet and exercise, but I don't feel like this complete standstill is normal. So I think a lot of this could be hormonal, especially when I've been making such big strides lately with no progress from the scales. I'm getting frustrated. I'm going to give up gluten for the month of June just to see if there is a difference because that is what the endocrinologist recommended. It doesn't hurt to give it a shot, right? Corey, I know you have a differing opinion on gluten, but my weight is not budging. Do I have more energy? Yes. Am I in a better place emotionally? Yes! Exclamation point. Do I want to keep up with these good habits and routines for the rest of my life? Yes! This is definitely working on every other level, except I'm not losing weight yet. I feel like in the past I would have used that as an excuse to give up, but now I just think, why not try both? What does that hurt? I feel like the goals I have are good for me right now, but I also don't want to be kidding myself if I should be doing more. What do you guys think? So that was her weekly check-in post. Incredible post. So amazing. So this was my response. I said, Betty, There are so many great things in your post. You have tremendous overall awareness, incredible self-honesty, and a willingness to step out of emotion and see things as they truly are. A lot of people would just want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. They would miss all of the incredible stuff that you listed as they became super emotional about the fact that they haven't lost weight. But you and I both know that the other changes, the incredible positive changes that you mentioned, lead to, number one, a better life overall. And number two, they will ultimately lead to weight loss and better health, too. So now, all of that being said, I am not pleased. (laughs) Specifically, I'm not pleased with your body. I'm not pleased that you haven't lost weight. I'm not pleased that it's, it's your body's lack of response to all of the wonderful things you've been doing and the changes you've been making. But here's the thing. Getting mad or displeased doesn't help me, and it doesn't help you, and I want to help. So here's what we're going to do. You can certainly go gluten-free if you want, but if you want my opinion, before you do that, before she goes to that extreme, let's take a deep dive into your exact meals and exercise with a super detailed seven-day food journal. This will allow me to see exactly what's going on and possibly spot some things that are flying below your radar. Stuff can sneak in subconsciously, like you mentioned with the pie, or things. there may be things that you might even think 
are, you know, not that big of a deal that could be sneaking in. Then if we can't make strides, like as in lose some weight, if we can't make some strides in that category with the food journal and adjustments, then by all means, let's go gluten-free and I'll guide you through that. I just don't feel like that's necessary right now. But again, I support whatever decision you make. Okay, so that was my response to Betty. Super important point here, guys. We don't do food journals all the time in my Inner Circle coaching group. We take a very calculated, very uh, gradual step-by-step approach that is very practical and doable in real life. And we only implement food journals when we kind of need to do some investigative work. Okay, let's dig into what's going on here. Let's see, you know, what your meals are looking like and what, like I said, what might be kind of flying below your radar. So that was my response to Betty. And then she responded with this. She said, first of all, thank you for all of the encouragement. I can feel the progress I have made and I have so much more freedom than I've ever had. I'm never going back to the diet life. That being said, I still have a ways to go as you are about to find out. I've written this post four times now and deleted it. Didn't you mention that in a coaching call? Because that's one of the things, guys, that the bully in your brain can do. This is Corey talking. This isn't Betty. One of the things the bully in your brain can do is convince you, even in a a weight loss group, even in a coaching group like I have, it will convince you that before you post anything, before you ask a question or anything, that it's got to be perfect. Not only does your food need to be perfect, not only do you have to be perfect with your exercise or your workout regimen, Don't even make a post. Don't even ask a question unless that post is perfect, unless your wording is perfect and your punctuation is perfect. That is perfectionist, all or nothing thinking, and it's crippling because it keeps you away from the very things that helps you. Okay, now back to her post. She said, (laughs) she said, I've written this post four times now and deleted it. Didn't you mention that in a coaching call? That's what she was referring to. Try to bear with me here. The second you mentioned the food journal, I wanted to delete my post, my original post. Then when you mentioned a seven-day super detailed food journal, I literally had an anxiety attack. It took me the whole day, and if I'm being truthful, some tears to figure out how to react logically and to get to the root of why that's such a big deal to me. I have OCD, and I pretty much spend my life avoiding things like that because they take me over. It instantly puts my brain in perfection, all-or-nothing mode, and I'm not ready to face that yet. It's not just the tracking, it's the sharing that much private food information with other human beings and being very fearful of scrutiny. It's the feeling that those seven days have to be perfect because other people are going to see it. And that striving for perfection is number one, dishonest, and number two, going to make me just want to quit. I think the reason I've been able to stick with this group is because I don't have to track, share, and analyze the details. There are more issues there but I won't delve into them now. So are you wanting to see every meal and snack, even those outside of the specific things I've been working on? Because I can tell you right now, there's a lot of room for improvement. If you're just wanting the exercise and the specific meals and things I've been working on, we have these fun little corny names, better breakfast, lean lunch, stuff like that. So she says, if you want to just see that, I can share those. No problem. Here's an idea that hopefully will produce progress without the sense of impending doom. (laughs) I'm going to ditch gluten for a month and see how that goes. Meanwhile, I will write down what I'm eating and try to be more mindful and make some changes without sharing it with everybody. I think that will help me get, I think that will help me get traction without feeling like I can't do it and I have to quit. If there is still no progress in two weeks, I will try to do a seven day detailed food journal 
an exercise journal. Honestly, and then she has like a cringing face. What are your thoughts? Does this mean I'm uncoachable? <laughs> I guess I could I guess I could have just given you a yes or a no, but that wouldn't have helped me get better. Okay, guys. Don't miss this. There's two giant truths here from what she shared. Number one, her initial post, she was frustrated because she hadn't lost weight and she felt like she'd made so much progress. And I've said this before on the podcast and I say it again. There's almost always a reason that we're not seeing the results we want. But the bully in your brain will try to convince you <laughs> that there isn't a reason and that you should already have achieved all of your goals. And so since you haven't, then your body's just stubborn or it's this or it's that or whatever. And you should just quit or you should do something extreme, which guess what? When you do something extreme, that will just lead to you quitting because that's all the bully wants is for you to quit. That's his or her ultimate goal is to get you frustrated and make you quit and keep you exactly where you are. That's the bully in your brain's big goal and whole point to make you quit and keep you where you are. Okay, but there's always a reason. But the bully will try to convince you there's not a reason. And then that makes you want to do something extreme. And then when you do something extreme, you just quit. I don't know how many times I need to say this. I hope you're catching on. There's almost always a reason. She was initially frustrated. And then when I said, ooh, let's dig in and see a seven-day food journal, it's like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> now, I know there's a lot there for her. There's a lot to unpack emotionally. But it doesn't change the fact from a nutrition science perspective, from a coaching perspective, that there's stuff there that is keeping her from losing weight when we just get down to the brass tacks. So now what we need to do is work through the emotions of why that seven-day food journal is such a big deal. So that's the first big truth. There's always a reason that we're not seeing the results we want. There's almost always a reason. Maybe 1% of the time it's something medical or whatever. Now, the second big truth is, don't miss this. Oh, my goodness. Shame. Shame is real and it's powerful. And food shame, food shame, shame around our food choices and what we eat, what we eat when nobody else knows, what we eat when nobody else is looking is a big deal. It's a big issue that could really be holding you back. How are you or how is anyone supposed to get help and get results if you're hiding things and you're afraid to share what you're actually eating? Like, how's that supposed to work? As a coach, my hands are tied. So here I'm in a predicament from her last response. I could easily just, I, I mean, guys, it would be so easy for me to just take the easy route out and go, okay, yeah, rah, rah, motivation, motivation. You can do it. You can do it. Just cut out that gluten and let's see how that works. That's easy. That's easy. And I could just tell her to do that. But that's not what's best. That doesn't serve her. That doesn't address the underlying issue. So you know what I did? I responded with a about a 10-minute long uh, screen capture video. And I'm going to do my best to kind of recreate it here a little bit, <laughs> a shortened version of it. I'm not going to include that actual audio because I say her name. And again, we're, her name for our purposes today is Betty. But the first thing I said was, look, I am so sorry that this caused an anxiety attack, like a panic attack that broke my heart. I never wanted that. And I wanted her to understand, and I want all of you to understand, like, I would never ask someone for a seven-day food journal. I don't want to keep a seven-day food journal. I don't want you to have to keep a seven-day food journal. I would not ask for that if two things. Either, number one, she was losing weight. So if she was losing weight and moving towards her goals, well, great. Then we, there's no need to ask for a seven-day food journal. Or, number two, 
if her goal wasn't to lose weight, if she was like, you know what, Corey, I'm not really losing that much weight right now, but man, I have so much more emotional freedom and I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm at peace. But the thing is, is she does have a goal to lose weight. And right now she's not losing weight in spite of the changes she's making. So for me as a coach, I need to dig in and investigate. And the only way I can do that is with a detailed food journal. And instantly, in so many cases, just like with Betty, when I ask a person for that, they may begin keeping a food journal for just one or two days, and they're like, never mind, Corey, I see the problem. <laughs> I, was, I was lying to myself a little bit. I was fooling myself a little bit. And they instantly see it. And she kind of knew that, and she just didn't want to share that. So what I can tell from her post is that she knows deep down kind of what the issue is, but she just doesn't want to address the issue because, guys, the breakthrough only comes after the breakdown. Digging into the true issue sometimes is painful, and we'll do anything to avoid it. We'll go gluten-free. <laughs> we'll do keto. We'll do anything other than address our relationship with food and food shame or maybe even just revealing, hey, I have to, I'm not saying this is the case with her, but for some people, I eat dessert every day. I, I eat little mini Snickers bars all throughout the day. I eat snacks every hour. Like I'm never not eating. Like maybe that's embarrassing to some people and they just don't want to share that, but they know deep down that's a problem and they don't want to, they don't want to bring that to light. So I told her first, I was sorry. Secondly, I wouldn't ask for a food journal but she wants to lose weight and it's not happening. So I have to. And I used a doctor analogy. It's like going to the doctor versus just treating the symptom and trying to ignore the problem. If you have a pain in your body, if somewhere on your body is hurting and it's hurting pretty substantially and you just try to take aspirin or ibuprofen or Tylenol and ignore it, you just take painkillers and ignore it and take painkillers and ignore it and take painkillers and ignore it. There's a problem there. And you're just treating the symptom. You're just trying to bury the pain below medicine and not treat the root issue. My friends, when it comes to our diet, when it comes to nutrition and food and weight loss, or when it comes to medical issues, we have a choice. We can stare down and look at the pain of the injury. We can, excuse me, let me rephrase that. Let me phrase that better. We can just deal with the pain of the injury, like I said early, and try to just ignore it and just, just you know, take painkillers. So we can either be stuck with the pain of the injury, the pain of the root problem, or we can stare down and address and step into the pain of the diagnosis and the pain of the treatment. The diagnosis and the treatment will deal with the root issue so that you will naturally ultimately be free of the pain. But if you don't do that, if you don't step into the pain of the diagnosis and the pain of the treatment, then that injury cannot be addressed. The root problem cannot be addressed and healed. So that's our choice. We live with the pain of the injury or we step into and stare down the pain of the diagnosis and the treatment. Okay, here's a, another thing I shared with her in this video response I did. She judges herself based on her food. You may judge yourself based on your food. And, and what, what comes right on the heels of that, she believes that others will definitely judge her based on her food. And there's a good chance that you believe that others will judge you based on your food. And this could have been caused by a million different things in life. 
could have been something from a parent, something from a spouse, something from a bully at school, something from a sibling or a coworker or a best friend, whatever. But the root thing is that you may judge yourself based on your food. If you have shame around food, if you hide your food choices, then, then you're judging yourself based on your food. And you believe that others will judge you based on, on your food. And then here's the next thing. She's grown so much emotionally. She's made such strides with her, her mentality around a diet, like the crazy strict diet mentality and her relationship with food. But this is the thing. In some way, even though she's made all that progress, this is the next progression because she's still living in hiding. And living in hiding is not living in freedom. You may be in the exact same place. If you're living in hiding with your food or your weight or your body image, if you're living in hiding, that's not living in freedom. It's like you have freedom to roam around your prison cell, <laughs> but I want you to have full freedom to no longer be in hiding and to step out of your prison cell. And so I wrapped up her video. I shared all of these things with her in her video. And I said, but here's the thing. I love you regardless. And I don't want you to feel any pressure to make, you know, to do a food journal. I support whatever decision you make. If you want to go gluten-free, I support that. I'll guide you there. But, you know, I think the food journal would be the best option, but I don't care. I support you regardless. So I shared all of that with her in a big audio video clip. And then this was her response a day or two later. She said, okay, this is going to be a long one. First of all, you are amazing and the nicest person I have ever met. <laughs> That's so kind. Thank you, Betty. Um, it means the world to me. She said, thank you so, so much for helping me. I'm sorry it took me a few days to respond. It took me some time to process things and work up some more courage. I have had a really strong reaction to all of this, and I think that probably means this is the biggest reason I'm not losing weight. Oh, my goodness, guys. This is not Betty. This is me. Don't miss what she just said. If you have a really strong reaction to something, that is the very thing that you will want to step away from and avoid, and that is the very thing you should step into and dig into. Dig into the discomfort and the pain because that is where the healing is. You can just have the nagging pain of the injury or you can step into the problem and the diagnosis and the treatment. When you have a strong reaction to something, it should send off signals in your brain. Wait a minute, this is a big deal. That's exactly what she said. Let me read it again. I have had a really strong reaction to all of this, and I think that probably means this is the biggest reason I'm not losing weight. Amen. Bingo. She continues. So in the spirit of being vulnerable, I want to share something that maybe will help me heal, maybe will help somebody else who may have experienced something similar, or at least it will help you help me more. Amen. I love it. Keep going, Betty. She says, I'm not looking for pity here, just clarity and peace. I was in a marriage for 17 years where I lived with the bully. Every time I tried a diet, I was openly mocked and told I would never stick to it. Then 10 years ago, I was made to believe that if I wasn't 100% perfect, and if I didn't take care of myself and lose weight and look better, then I would be left. Thinking it was all my fault, I went into overdrive. And I was very perfect for a few years. And everything imperfect, I hid. So that I wouldn't be abandoned and my kids wouldn't suffer. 
I was told that if I looked better, then maybe he could start loving me again. So I did everything in my power to never make a mistake so I could have a happy life and be loved. It turns out it was all lies and narcissistic abuse. I know it's hard to believe that I couldn't see that, but it's hard when you're living in it. That's how abusers do it. They chip away little by little until one day, hopefully, you hit rock bottom and realize you are not the problem. I think some people's bullies are another versions of themselves, but mine is a real person whose words and voice are real. Anyway, I'm out of that relationship now and doing well, but it's so hard to be open knowing that I am not perfect. And I'm sure some of the extra eating I do is just to put a Band-Aid on that. I'm in therapy, and that has helped me a lot. Honestly, this whole issue triggered a PTSD episode with flashbacks and everything. There was a whole lot more that happened there besides the food issues. But I was caught completely off guard and realized there's something down in there that I hadn't even discovered yet. But that's okay, because I think this is my moment to work through it and heal. Thank you so much for helping me find it. Everything you said was kind and helpful, and it all makes sense. I appreciate your tact and your effort to hold me accountable and encourage me to confront this. It worked, and I will continue to work on it until it's healed. I have been keeping a food journal since Wednesday, and I will share it next week. It's not perfect, but it is honest, and that's a good starting place. Oh, that just, that just about brings tears to my eyes. I have to be honest. That is the most incredible, courageous, heartbreaking, yet encouraging, empowering thing that I've read in a long, long time. Guys, this is beautiful. And if you have a similar story, like, I hope that you at least right now know that you're not alone and that you maybe feel some encouragement. I mean, maybe that's all you needed to hear today. And you could cut the episode off right here. But I just want to wrap this up with a few last-minute notes or coaching points or whatever. And the first is that shame is not helpful. See, like right here in her response, she said, let me find it. She said, I know it's hard to believe that I couldn't see that, but it's hard when you're living it. Okay. She was in it. She was in it, and she was in it by herself. So she was just trying to survive. It's, it, I completely understand where she was at. I, 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 that's, there's no judgment from me at all. But the point is that shame and the abuse was keeping her hidden and keeping her away from help. See, shame, my friends, is not helpful. Shame, like the simplified definition that I like to use for shame, shame is what makes us want to hide or it's what makes us want to hide something specific in our life. And she was being shamed by her spouse. Therefore, it made her want to hide. It made her want to hide things from him. It made her probably want to hide things from her kids. It made her certainly want to hide things from the outside world. Shame is like poison. Shame is not helpful. 
It makes us want to hide and it makes us want to hide things. And this is what that does. When we have shame around any area of our life, it makes us, as we hide, we pull away from the very things that can help us. We pull away from other people. We pull away from guidance. We pull away from the truth. Because when we're in shame, we're so deep in it, we can't see the truth. And we pull away from exposure. Now, that may sound really scary, but the exposure, like bringing things to light, is what brings clarity. It's what helps us see the truth. And it's what helps us heal and move forward. I say it all the time. I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast. Bad things grow in the dark. If you have a container of food that's been sitting on your countertop or, or back in the back of the fridge for weeks and weeks and weeks, when you open that up, it, you quickly realize bad things grow in the dark. Mold and bacteria and nasty, icky stuff. But when you put something out and you expose it to the light, those bad things can't grow as easily because of exposure. The shame, when it makes you hide, it pulls you away from the very things that can help you truth and guidance and other people and exposure. And then when you're stuck in that place, it just leads to this vicious cycle because you feel embarrassment and you feel this unworthiness and you feel even more shame. And then that just spins you into this desire to fix it. I've got to fix this all by myself. And guess what? The bully in your brain wins again because the bully in your brain wants you all by yourself. Because guess what? No bully wants to stare down you and all of your friends. No bully wants to stare down you and your support group or you and your therapist or you. No bully wants to stare down you and the truth. The bully wants you all by yourself so that he or she can dominate your headspace and keep you in that vicious shame cycle. See, guys, shame is a lie. It's a lie that tells you that you're screwed up and that you're broken and you're ugly. You're ugly on the inside and you're ugly on the outside. And ultimately, because of that, you're not worthy. That's a lie. And the truth is, you are broken. (laughs) You are. And so am I. And guess what? That's okay. You're broken, but you're also beautiful. And you're amazing and you're worthy, and you're powerful. When we're stuck in shame, we feel powerless. But when we begin to step out, we become powerful. You are broken. Yes, we all are. But you're also beautiful and amazing and worthy and powerful. Maybe you did screw up. So what? That will only keep you from success. That will only keep you from the life that you want if you let it. Don't let a screw-up spin you off into shame and keep you from what you want in life. You, my friend, turn up the volume. Please listen. You are not your body. You are not your clothes. You are not your workout or how well you did at your last workout or how many times you work out per week. You are not your grades if you're still in school. You are not your performance at work. You are not your attractiveness or what you perceive as your attractiveness or what society or culture tells you as attractive. You are not your sexuality or your sensuality. You are not the car that you drive. You are not your kids or your kids' behavior. You are not the outfit that you have on. You are not your perfect little home with perfect little decorations on the inside or how neat your yard is or how clean your house is. You are not any of those things. Those things do not define you. 
And if you allow any of those things to shame you, then you're stuck. So, it's time to step out of it. Because you're so much more than that. And you can call me crazy and weird, but I know you're more than that. And I know you're worthy because I believe with everything I have that there's a God above that loves you like crazy. You are worthy just because you're an amazing human being. Your life is worth something. And there are tons of people that love you exactly how you are. So, if you identified with Betty's story, my hope and prayer for you is that you'll step out of your shame, that you'll step out of hiding, that you'll stop hiding the very things that need someone else's attention and care and love and guidance. Bad things grow in the dark. And when you bring stuff to the light, it's not only freeing, but it's also healing. That's the only way it can heal. And it just might be the very thing that empowers you where you realize that you have unlimited power and it helps you move in the direction that you want with your body and your health and your life. So stop letting someone else have your power. Betty said, I think some people's bullies, the bully in their brain, are another version of themselves, but mine is a real person whose words and voices are real. Okay, that's absolutely true. Her bully was a real person, but Betty, your bully is no longer a real person because she's not in that relationship anymore. So for you and for Betty and for all of us, don't give someone else your power. Stop letting someone else have your power. Take your power back. Sure, you may have a bully in your brain. That's okay. We can fight that in your head, but don't give your power to someone else, whether it was a parent, whether it was a bully at your school, a real life bully, a former spouse, a current spouse, maybe a coworker, a sibling, a friend, whatever, whoever, it doesn't matter. You will only heal and you'll only find freedom when you stop hiding and you bring things to the light and you stop letting someone else have your power. Take your power back from them. Because it's yours in the first place, and the only way they can have it is if you willingly give it to them. And when you do this, when you step out of shame and you bring things to the light and you reclaim your power, when you do this, oh my, <laughs> that's the beginning of the rest of your life. That's the beginning of a life of freedom and healing and peace and true progress. And it's not perfect. Nothing is. It's, it, it's a bumpy road. And there'll be tough times and there'll be better times and there'll be mountaintops and there'll be valleys. But it's okay. Because it's all part of the process and you're moving in the right direction and you've taken your power back and you're not letting shame rule your life. I'm so honored to play a tiny, tiny role in Betty's journey. And I'm so excited to see where Betty's journey goes from here. She's already made so much progress with her emotions and her mentality around food and weight loss. And now she's just opened her world. She's just like opened Pandora's box to as much success as she wants and as she can handle because she's no longer dragging this hidden ball and chain of shame around with her. She's no longer just enduring the pain of the injury. She's looking at the diagnosis and the treatment and she's getting down to the root issue. It is a beautiful, beautiful and super empowering thing. I hope this episode's been helpful. I know it's a little longer than the usual, but I thought that you just might identify with some of these things. And I thought they could potentially 
help you in a way that hearing her story can help you in a way that just my basic words can't. So you guys know, I always love to hear from you. Feel free. Send me a message. If you're connected with this episode, send me a message on Instagram where I'm Corey little coach or on Facebook, Corey little coaching. And as always, I have two free resources that can help you take the next step. My free anti-diet class. We talk a lot about the bully in your brain and the mental aspect and the mental hurdles when it comes to weight loss and body image and all of those things. That's antidietclass.com or my catalyst audio program where we delve into the diet industry and we talk about the jacked up mentality around diets and how you know, that whole world and culture tells you you need to lose weight. You can find the link for that or the anti-diet class in the show notes of this episode. But let's wrap it up and let me say it in case you don't know. I've already said it in every other way, but you are so much more than a number. Like I said earlier, you're not your car or you're this or you're that or any of those things. You're not the house you live in or your body or your number on a scale. You're none of those things. You're an incredible, amazing human being with limitless power. And you're incredible. Don't forget that. You are so much more than a number. So don't let the scales dictate your head space, dictate your emotions, and and, and get all up in your head and ruin your day. Don't let that happen. You're so much more than that. And losing weight, as you can see from Betty's story, she really hasn't lost that much weight yet. But oh my gosh, she's made so much progress. And let's look at the flip side of things. She could have done some super strict diet and forced herself to be perfect and have been the entire time in some mental prison. And she could have lost 30 or 40 pounds and been in a mental prison and miserable the entire time, just like a ticking time bomb waiting for it to gain, for it to all come back, to gain it all back. But instead, she's doing the important work. She's stepping into the uncomfortable stuff and stepping into the pain. And that is what will lead to lifelong success. And that is what will lead to life gained. She will lose the weight. There's no doubt in my mind. But without this work along the way, she would never keep it off. And she would never have incredible life gained, a life of peace and freedom and happiness and joy. (sighs) That's it, guys. I'm wrapping up. I hope you have an amazing week or weekend whenever you're listening to this episode. And I hope that you will step out of shame and reclaim your power. Take your power back. I know you can do it. I believe in you. Even if you don't believe in yourself, you can borrow my belief. Keep listening. We'll keep working on you. God bless. Take care. Much love. Bye-bye.